to see God do the impossible in our lives. We want to see amazing breakthroughs. We want to see miracles. In fact, we just want to see what we read in the book. Genesis to Revelation has got a virtually a miracle on every page, a breakthrough, an answer to prayer. How many of you would be say, I'm keen to actually my Christian life to match up to what's in this book. Give me a wave if that is you. Because I think we're all into that. And because sometimes I think we read the book and we look at our lives and we think, uh, disconnect something. God, what's, what's the deal here? What's, what's missing? I don't know if you do that, but I certainly do that in my life. I want to share with you what I believe is a a key to experiencing the book, the supernatural of God in your life. And that's from Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, which is, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. There's two words to connect. Sanctify, which means surrender, consecrate, dedicate yourself. So sanctify and wonders. If you want to see the wonders of this book, the key to it is surrender and sanctification and dedication of our lives to God. That's just simply the way it works. And whenever God wants to do something astounding in our lives, I find He calls us to a greater surrender. And it's really about positioning your life for the blessing of God. Some of you joined with us three days of prayer and fasting last week, and you positioned yourself for God to do a wonder in your life, to do a miracle in your life. These things don't just fall out of the sky. There are things, there's man's parts, there's things that we can actually do to release God's power to work in our lives. And it's been a re reoccurring theme in the last month, the theme of surrender. We had David Pierce last week, you know, and he said, those of you who are getting a bit older, you only got a few years left, you should go to the most dangerous parts of the world, go, go to Iraq, because you haven't got a lot to lose. I mean, that's surrender, isn't it? And he talked about other things like that. And, uh, but it's a theme that's been coming through of giving more of our lives to God. And I think it's fantastic when God begins to speak uh, to a church or individual along these lines, because it's, it's, God, it's like God is saying to us, I've got so much more in store for you. I want to do some blessings that will blow your mind. But here's the key of how to position yourself so you can be a part of it. Don't, be, don't miss this day of visitation to step into a whole new life and walk with God. Because, you know, it's not always that God calls us to more surrender. You know, we, this may pass, this season may pass, there may be another year before God speaks in this way again. And yet it's a moment to capture, and I'm trying to capture it in my life as well, and not to let it pass by. Should have one step of surrender, one decision, one change, one risk, one idea can change your life forever. And you can step into God's favor, walk with Him that is exciting and fulfilling. Some of my thoughts are from a book written by Mark Battersby, All In. I have a strong sense, and I've felt this for a while now, that a lot of Christians are stuck in a rut, just kind of stuck, stuck in a comfortable boat, same old, same old, and God is calling us, calling them, calling me to come out of the boat as He did with Peter. And as we do that, with wisdom and some advice, I believe, the, like Peter, we will walk on water. We will see the wonders. We'll see the supernatural of God take place in our lives. And, uh, you know, regardless of how rotten your life has been or is today, no matter how bad it has been historically, God wants to do some amazing things in your life. Please don't think, well, my life's a mess, everything's gone wrong historically, and it's a mess now, and that's the way it's going to be. No, 
God is saying, hey, sanctify yourself. I'm going to do some wonders in your life that are going to encourage you and bless you. I'm not saying there's going to be no more trials. I mean, that's just the part of life, isn't it? These things happen for all of us. But I think what we are saying today is something needs to move. Something needs to shift. If you're stuck in a rut, always doing the same thing. I don't know what you're like. You know, some people, they get up in the morning, you know, you know, have a shower, maybe shave, and then uh, go down, have breakfast, hopefully do a bit of prayer off to work, uh, yell at some people who cut across you as you're driving to work, you're stuck in the gridlock, you go to work, you know, it's hard work, you're annoyed, the boss tells you off, you know, you fall out with someone else, you come home, you have dinner, you know, you sit in front of the TV and you watch, some, watch the news and feels like you go to bed. Next day, it's the same old thing, same, same, same. I say shift something change something. Hey, just drive a different way to work for a change. You know, pray in a different place. Uh, uh, just, just, you know, maybe eat outside if you don't do that, or eat inside, or maybe, I don't know, just don't eat. <laughs> do something different. Shift. Can't everyone say shift? Is that move? Change? Yeah, come on. I think that's what God is calling us all to right now. And five years from now, you don't want to be in the same place you are today. You want to have grown in your walk with God. You want to be praying more effectively. You want better relationships. You want your marriage to improve. You know, you want just, you know, you, you want to be doing better in your job. You just want progress. That's what Christianity, that's what life is all about. And that's what God has got for us. It's interesting, as I talk to some people right now in Church Unlimited, God's calling them to a greater level of sacrifice. And it's interesting, let me give a couple of examples. One person said to me a while ago that they usually had a five-day job. They're gonna, they had to talk, to the bo- talk it through with their boss, but they managed to cut their job down to four days, and they're going to give one day to serving and seeking God. And, you know, that costs hundreds of dollars. Well, I tell you, watch the space as God will do wonders in that person's life. Another person came to me and said, I want to give a year's salary to God. Hello, thank you for the overwhelming response on that point, by the way. So you all got excited about it. Me too, me too, me too. I know, I didn't see any of that. But it, and that's, that's multiplied tens of thousands of dollars. When I start hearing this kind of thing, my ears prick up. And I think, God, you're lifting the temperature in Church Unlimited because you're about to do some wonders. They're going to leave us astounded and amazed. So be a part of it. There are other people that, you know, with our New Zealand Beyond Conference have registered for not just themselves, but two people. Others have registered for five, ten, even twenty people. You wonder, why would someone make that sort of a sacrifice? I think because they know this nation is in serious trouble. And this conference is a, can be a catalyst to change the future of New Zealand and help turn it back to Jesus. That's worth surrendering for. So many of you know I had a five-week break a while ago because everyone pestered me for so long, saying, you need a holiday, you need a break. And I was saying, shut up, you know, I'm, I'm fine. And, but anyway, eventually I managed to do it. And during that time, I had some moments with God. It was really a great time. And uh, I was challenged by some things that I've not really been challenged by before. This is what happened. This is what challenged me. The thought that knowing all that Christ has done for me, I we suffered the agony of the crucifixion just for me, saved me from an eternity in hell, so I can enjoy heaven 
forever. What will I do for him in return? I thought, wow, no sacrifice I make could ever be too great in the light of what Jesus has done for me. C.T. Stud put it this way, Stud put it this way, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. The amazing thing is, then what happened is on January the 13th, I was driving home. I'd been out for a while, and I found myself praying probably quite an unusual prayer for me. And it went like this. I said, God, I am ashamed at my lack of hunger and passion for you in the light of all you have done for me. I sacrificed so little in return. But the wonderful thing is I did not feel any condemnation. I felt conviction and I felt joy. Let me tell you, condemnation makes you feel terrible. Conviction, doesn't matter how severe the thing that God says, it excites you. It feels, wow, this is good. And, you, and it sort of moves you forward. And so God can hit you with something really heavy. And if it's God, you'll feel good. If it's a devil, you'll just feel absolutely crushed. So I didn't feel bad at all. I felt, I felt this excitement in my heart because I began to sense, God, you're up to something in my life. There's, there's better days ahead of me. And so you're calling me to a greater surrender and a greater dedication to you because you are going to do some wonders in my life. And so I was really thrilled with that experience that I had with God. So I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 9. We're going to read a couple of verses in 23 and 24. Luke chapter 9. All right, let me find that. Here we go. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Everyone say deny. And take up his cross once a year. I changed my Bible. Maybe some of you have as well. Uh, take up his cross. What does it say? Daily. daily. Have you ever seen a cross and what it could be like? Take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever decides to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You know, to really come alive and find yourself, self-realize, all, you hear all that sort of stuff, don't you, out there? But if you really want to come, come alive, find yourself, you have to die to self first. That's the Bible way, and it's the only way that works. All the other stuff actually does not work. You know, if you lose your life to God, then you find it. It's the great exchange. God, I'll give you some of my life. And he said, okay, I'll give you more of mine. God, I'm going to give you a whole lot more of life. He said, I'll give you a whole lot more of life. What would you rather have, more of your own life or more of his life? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? So I want to just dial this down to a level of surrender that we can hopefully all relate to. A church leader, he was not in our church, and uh, he wanted to spend some time with me. And uh, I was really busy at the time, and I, just, I was just not keen at all to add it to my schedule. But on reflection, I thought, oh, it's probably the right thing to do. And so I thought, okay, I'll do this. It was a small sacrifice. It was a small surrender. It's not, not huge, but it, it was real, though. As I drove to and from the meeting, and I prayed, which I normally do in the car, the presence of God just came into the car. And with it, this authority in prayer. And I thought, 
wow, this is great. I then got to this meeting. I had a um, coffee with a person, this leader. I went to pay for the bill, and it had already been paid for. Someone who knew me had actually paid the bill. It was great. I was pleased with that. But then I realized I'd lost my parking ticket. And it was going to, the machine said it was going to cost me $60. My Indian blood boiled. <laughs> Smoke was coming out my ears, fire out of my nostrils and out of my mouth. Lucky no one was around. They would have got burnt. So much for sanctify yourself, I'll do wonders. My surrender was going to cost me $60. So I made my way to the pay booth. Smiled at the cashier, and I handed him an old ticket I had from a previous year. <laughs> you got to try every trick in the book here. Right? You just got to do this. And so he looked at it, and he knew that he knew it was an old ticket. And uh, he said, "Go on through, no charge." How good was that? How good was that? My Indian blood went to ecstasy. I thought, now I know what Paul meant by he went to the third heavens and saw straight amazing things. I thought, and all it took for me was save me $60 and I'm on a heavenly plane. But once I got home, I really felt that God was pleased with me for taking the time to see one of his beloved servants. You know, I sanctified myself. I sacrificed in a small way, and God did actually four wonders. Number one was his presence in the car. It was worth it just for that. If none of the rest happened, it was worth it just for that. Secondly, free parking. How many of you know in Auckland that's a wonder? <laughs> it's one of the wonders of the world. You could list it right up there. Free parking. I didn't even have to pay the 15 or $20 I should have paid. Jesus loves me so much. <laughs> then that feeling that God was pleased with me. Have you ever had that feeling? It's, it's a, it, that's a wonder. It was worth it just for that. But there was a fourth one as well. A pastor friend of mine was really downcast. He had to preach the next day, and he was struggling. When I was driving in my car, I began to pray for him. I felt this authority. To, to punch that thing out and to, to see God do something for him. And I got a text literally a few hours later, and he said, God has just poured his spirit into me, and I feel strengthened, and I feel ready to preach tomorrow. One act of surrender, not a big one, but a definite one, four wonders. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. You know, one aspect of surrender, I think, is being willing to go out, of, out on a limb, to get out of the boat and go beyond what the average person does in serving God or in, or in seeking God. You know, call it being radical. We heard last week about, you know, going into a forest and with a group of people and spending a whole night in prayer. I mean, that's, that's radical, isn't it? Well, I reckon you position yourself for God to do something. 
you may not have to do that, but maybe think about something different that you might be do, uh, able to do in that area. You know, break the routine. Seek God in a different way. I think that's an important word. Position yourself for breakthrough. Never lose the spirit of adventure. Don't let your life pass by humdrum, going nowhere fast, stuck in the mud, same old, same old, shift, you know, move, change gear, move forward in God. It's all there waiting for you because you've got so much more for you. What about the boy with the fish and the loaves? Isn't it incredible? Five fish and loaves, what does he do? Surrender. Gives it to Jesus. Talk about a wonder. 5,000 men alone were fed. Probably they reckon 20,000 people in total. Just a, a, a small act of surrender and God doing a one. I think getting out of the boat, surrender is in the DNA of Church Unlimited. We have Matt and Alicia, young couple that were on our staff. They, when, they, when we asked them, they packed everything up and they went now living down in Rotorua. That's getting out of the boat. That's doing something different. Then there was Rod and Delfina. They felt the call to go to Sydney, so they packed everything up, and they're now living over in Sydney. And, uh, you know, it got, it's in the DNA, which means it's on you as well to move and shift and do something fresh. Here's a quote that I've given you before from Christopher Columbus. You can never cross the ocean unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. Wow. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? And then this photo I've shown before as well. What if I fail? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? We're going to see people fly in this place. I just know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. But it's going to take a fresh level of surrender. Hebrews 10.35 says, Do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not throw away. We need to ponder this truth. We need to meditate on the fact that living for God uh, gives us greater rewards than all that the world has to offer. Because if we don't ponder it, we don't think about it, then we're going to love the world like everybody else. You've got to keep telling yourself, living for God pays great dividends. Living for God has great rewards. Remind yourself every day that sacrifice you make, the things that you're going out, you know, the, the serving of God, all that you do, tell yourself over and over again, it pays to serve God. There are great rewards for serving the Lord. Do you know that living for God has greater rewards than money, sex, and power? It beats the whole lot, hands down, because death will take away the whole lot of them. Think about it. Sex gone, money gone, power gone, nothing, zip. Friends, if you live for that, you won't get much, and what you get, eventually you lose. Don't live for those things. I'm not saying go without them, but don't live for those things, because God's rewards last forever. They go beyond the grave. See, living holy for God is better than money because with money you leave it all behind. Did you know that? Naked you came into the world. Naked you are going out. You can't take one dime. You can't take your car. You can't take your house. You can bust your guts living for that stuff, and I'm not against it the rest of your life. But in the end, it's not worth a whole lot because you can't take anything with you. What I suggest is give as much money as you can to God because then it's yours forever. We're waiting for you in the next life. It's a smart play. It's really smart. But living for God is better than sex. Jesus never had sexual relations, yet he was the most full, complete, and fulfilled human being ever 
to live. Think about that. Overrated, folks. Sex will never come close to the pleasure of an intimate relationship with God. It is a yawn by comparison. And the reward of God is better than power. There's no greater human power than being a child of almighty God living inside you. That's power, folks. Sanctify yourself and you will see the power of God in your life. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 3, do you not know that we shall judge angels? You know, you, you might end up the CEO of a company of 500 staff, and that's great, and God bless you for it. But folks, that fades in comparison to judging angels. That's a whole nother level. That's what you want to live for. You know, pursue some of those things in our lives, because that's everything the world has to offer. God offers infinitely better. God wins every time. He has no equal. He has no rival And the question is, will we live fully surrendered in pursuit of Him? Will we wake up from the stupefying enticement of what this world offers and promises and never, ever delivers? Let's go to 1 Kings 19, 21, as we look at Elisha and how he sold out for God in a miracle. Remember the story? Elijah goes, passes by and throws his mantle on him. And uh, Elisha's um, plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Just read in verse 21. So Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment, gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his serpent. Servant, not serpent, servant. All right. So Elisha was willing to pursue God, all that God had for him at great cost. That's the key. It's like he decided, I'm going after all God has for me. He let go of the status quo. He got out of his comfortable boat. He slaughtered the oxen, burned the plowing equipment. That old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. There's no turning. Cross before me, the world behind me. There's no turning back. We're following Jesus all the way to the grave and into eternity. Elisha held nothing back. Guess what? He would never forget, would you not agree, the day he slaughtered those oxen, burnt the plowing equipment, and said, I'm done with the past. I'm stepping into the great future that God has for my life. You know, the day he sold out and gave everything to God, it's good. It it can be good for us to look back, for you and I to look back on the day when we surrendered all to Jesus, deeply from our hearts, where we gave it all, gave our lives all over to Him. A defining moment that changes your entire future. It's good to be able to remember. Remember in the Old Testament, they would always, you know, have build, have, um, build the altars where significant events took place so that they would remember that was the day this happened. You know, that's when the, the, the Jordan River was parted. And God would say, don't forget those moments. You want to remember the days of when you surrendered and gave your all to Jesus. I've had many of those kind of moments in my, my life over the years. But as a younger Christian, which was a couple of centuries back now, when I first started out with God, I remember time and again in, in church and in conferences, I'd, I'd be on that, the altar of God, often kneeling before God. And I'd say, God, I just give you everything I got. God, I just surrender. Take my life. Take my talents. Take anything that's in me. God, I want my life to count. 
God, I want to make a difference on this planet. I want to be used by you, God. If you can do something with this life, it's yours. Take it. I surrender. God, friends, I did that once. I did it twice. Probably did it a dozen, I don't know, a dozen times, maybe more, probably more than that. And I think each time I was building, a, it's almost like laying a stone upon a stone upon a stone upon a stone. And that depth of surrender continued. And I've still got a long way to go. I listen to people like David Pearson. I think, man, that guy's on another level to me again. Had that guy from India, Shaji, and I think, wow, you've got another level set. So I've got a long way to go. But within my capability, within my understanding, I've surrendered to God. That's what I did. And I'll never forget. You know, so uh, when the call came a few years later for Adrian and myself to give up two good-paying jobs and to be missionaries in the Philippines, and I say honestly, there was not one moment's hesitation. There was no questioning of this. We had made the surrender, and we just said, God, here we are. Let's go. And away we went three years uh, serving God in the Philippines based upon that surrender of our lives to God. So when God says to me, Egypt, I go. Middle East, I say yes. When he says Pakistan, I say yes. Where he leads, I will follow, friends. That's what surrender is. There's no, uh, Lord, Lord, I'll follow this far, but Lord, this, not this, not this, and not this. It's a surrender. And that's what God is calling, I believe, all of us to. And I'll never forget India, April 1993, room 212, the Lytton Hotel in Calcutta. And I was in my hotel room, and the presence of God invaded that room. I ended up prostrate on my floor, on the floor. I don't know for how long, extended period of time, as once again I made a surrender of my life to Jesus Christ. I remember so clearly wishing that the ground would, would open up so that I could go deeper in my surrender to God. I said, God, I just, I just cried out from the depths of my being and said, this is your, this, I'm, I'm yours, God. Do what you can. Years of surrender. Still got a long way to go. I stand before you here today to say to you, I've seen wonder after wonder after wonder after wonder. After wonder, and there's still the best is yet to be. God's got more for me. So he's saying, Tuck, I want to take your surrender to another level yet. Please join me in that. Elisha then asked for a double portion of the anointing on Elijah. I want to encourage every one of you here to ask for a double anointing on your life. Who would be up for that? Who's keen to have a double? Do you know why we need it? What we've got is not enough to reach this nation, our neighbor, our it's just not enough. We need more. So we need a double anointing. And I say to people, hey, go ask God for a double anointing of what I carry. In fact, that's not enough. You need triple, quadruple, quintuple, however those words are, of even what I carry, even what Church Unlimited carries. But you see, Elisha had the courage to ask for a, a bold prayer, for a double anointing. Why? Because he had sold out. See, that, that, when you sell out, that gives you courage. You say, okay, God, I've given my life. I'm sold out to you. Now, God, would you do this? Would you do that? Sometimes, no one in this place, but sometimes people, they kind of live a very low-key, casual, lukewarm, church, lukewarm life that barely serve God, hardly give anything. And then they say, God, where's the wonders? It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Sometimes God in his mercy will do it anyway. 
But the more we sell out to God, the more we have faith to cry out to him and ask bold prayers. And Elijah gets the double anointing on Elijah. And, you know, he sacrificed the oxen and the, the plowing equipment. And then he saw miracle after miracle. In fact, he did twice as many miracles as Elijah did. He got the double anointing. But first he sanctified himself, sold out, and then God gave him the double portion. I want to encourage you to go after a double anointing of the Spirit of God to come on your life and say, God, I just so need more in my life. Pray bolder prayers and see what God will do. We can be afraid of doing what we've never done. But when we do, we leave behind unclaimed gifts, new anointings, new dreams of what God wants to give us. It's tragic. See, sometimes you have to make a move for a new gift to be revealed. Sometimes you have to make a new surrender for a new dream to be unveiled to you. See, God can't unveil a new dream if you don't make a surrender because a surrender is necessary for that dream to be fulfilled. New gifts, new, new, gifts, new dreams, new anointings are available. If you want God to do something new, you can't keep doing what you've always done. I'm not saying make reckless decisions, get good counsel, pray. But remember, indecision is a decision. And then George W. Cecil says this, fasten your seatbelt. On the plains of hesitation bleached the bones of countless millions who at the dawn of victory sat down to wait, and waiting died. Friend, don't wait any longer to sell out for God. Don't say any longer, one day, kids are older, mortgages paid, Less difficulties, etc. You know, things that don't have to work so hard. God, God, one day, God, hey, count on me, God. I'm coming. I'm coming, God. I'll be there. I'll sell out and I'll do something for you. At the dawn of victory, sat down to wait. Waiting died. God's calling us today. It's time to sell out, it's time to give all. Time to live with, for Jesus with everything we've got. You know, it's so true. It doesn't matter what age you are. You've just got a moment on this planet, a breath, a whisper, a second, a breath, you know, a vapor, the Bible says. Just, you've just got a few moments left, and it's over. It's over, friends. It's done. Use every day you've got as though it were your last. One decision, one change, one risk, one idea can change your life forever. I want to six, mention six steps of surrender, most of which many of you have done that I mentioned last time, but just makes it very, very practical. I want to say them sincerely from my heart, and pretty much as a pastor now, taking my preaching hat off and putting the pastor's hat on. Number one, can I urge you, encourage you, even plead with you, to get yourself and your family to church every Sunday without fail unless you have to work. Just without fail. You say, well, what would you say that, Pastor? That's, that's a bit of a tough call, isn't it? Do you know this one step of consecration will change the direct trajectory of your life and your family for generations to come? See, what you do affects your children. And they, they, they affect your children's children. 
And you, know, you don't want to put at risk the eternal destinies of your kids by having a low-key approach to being worshiping God in his house. Calling for, I just encourage you to do that, not for my sake, but that's the best thing you can do with your life and for the sake of your family. Secondly, join a small group. So important. Thirdly, spend quality time with God every day. It's amazing what starts to happen. When you start praying, it's just amazing. I started praying in my car and the presence of God just came. Try it. Just try it. See what happens. It may not happen in the first minute. You may have to go for half an hour, but you watch what happens. Amazing things happen. Here's a fourth one. Give generously to God. Be on the minimum of 10%. Just, just, it's a surrender, but watch God opens the heavens as he promises to do in his scripture. Attend a weekly prayer meeting. Our prayer meetings have increased in attendance by 25% this year. Oh, what an encouraging sign. When people start to pray, you know God's about to do some wonders. Then serve in church. You know, kids' church need help. Let me give you one example. Last Sunday, I mean, gave me a shot. In one of our classes, so there's about, well, there's actually about 10 classes with kids in them, but, or something like that, or eight classes, I'm not sure what it is. There's a lot. Anyway, and just one of those classes, in one class, there was 91 kids. In one class, I think the teachers turned up with a couple of helpers. They must have got my, I think they had a panic attack. I mean, I would have had a panic, like, help! <laughs> I mean, 91 kids. I mean, most of you struggled to look after two. <laughs> and there's two of you looking after two, and you're struggling. And there's, I don't know how many teachers, they might have three, four, or five. 91 kids. If you've got any kind of ability to help with kids, if you're a teacher or whatever, surrender <laughs> and serve. Oh, that makes sense. That's a good rhyme, eh? Surrender and serve. Yeah, good. Just go and do it. Hey, that'll be great. Look, look. Talk to my daughter, Jody, or contact the church office, but we really, it actually is quite desperate, the truth be known. These six things are foundations that I've shared with you for God to do wonders in your life, because he has, you know, you might sit there and think, man, pastor, that's a pretty, pretty straight out there message, but guess what? The reason for this message, sanctify yourself, is God's got a more wonderful life of his favor, his power, his blessing than you ever imagined possible. It takes a step of surrender. If you give yourself fully to God, you can expect himself, expect him to give himself fully to you. Who reckons that's a good deal? Joshua 3 verse 5. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. I will do wonders among you. Amen.